When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Some Hello, hello, and welcome once again to Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan. Song Facts is always happy to have you here and listening, and always excited to try and bring you some new music, which we have today. But first, I should say that we are proudly in partnership with the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go and check it out. Tons of podcasts, great music information. Pantheonpodcast.com has it all. So... Today, we have an amazing artist, singer, teacher of music, kind of everything wrapped up into one. We're going to cover things like scream metal and even dabble in some opera with Miss Becca Marie Knott. So, Becca has written a few songs. She's played some small-time gigs down in Carrollton, Georgia, which I happen to be somewhat familiar with. And she is just a hustler down there who just loves music and has made it her job. So please enjoy this lovely conversation with Miss Becca Marie Knott. Okay, awesome. We are here with the Miss Becca Marie Knott. Becca, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Corey? Lovely. Thank you. Have a little uh, little celebration this evening that I'm excited about, but really looking forward to talking to you and learning some more about Carrollton, Georgia, which I bet a lot of the people listening may have not heard of, but randomly I have because we have like a mutual friend there, which is fantastic. That's too cool. I'm so, so grateful that uh, I get to share my little town. So we are about 45 to an hour southwest of Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, typically an hour because traffic is trash in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Um, but yeah, it's a little town. We've got a nice little green belt where you can take a take a nice little bike ride or go walk. And we've got a Walmart. That's uh, we got a, a lot of great <laughs> musicians. Yeah, I mean that's just your pure rural Southern America. My claim to fame with um, Carrollton is you probably remember this. It was either twenty. I think it was Thanksgiving twenty ten. Was okay. like the first no. Christmas white 10 Christmas day was the first white Christmas Carrollton had had in a long time. Yeah, it was my first and only Christmas that I spent in Carrollton and everyone that I was with knew that I was from Wisconsin. So they blamed it on me and said, I brought the white Christmas and we're really thankful actually. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being there. Cause it was a beautiful Christmas, even though everyone does not know how to drive in the snow or the yeah, ice. <laughs> 
<laughs> so true. The, sh- the city shuts down. It, it takes 12 inches of snow where I'm from. It takes one inch where you're from. It's, it's pretty amazing. So um, I'm just wondering, has music just always been a big part of your life? Pretty much. And anytime I veered from it, it was a disaster. So yeah, huh. music is like the grounding piece of my, my life. Did your parents um, introduce you to it? They tried a little bit. My dad's kind of tone deaf. So okay. it was more my mom. She was actually uh, a singer when I was younger. She was first chair trumpet in high school. Um, so yeah, it was her, her side of the family that was really more musical. Um, but for, for the most part, I came out singing. Like when I was younger, they said I didn't really talk much, but I would really? like... This was one of my questions too, because I have this, I have this thing, like, to me, it takes a tremendous amount of confidence to be able to sing. I've struggled with it for so long, just as someone who kind of fiddles around on a guitar here and there and stuff like that. And I, I know I'm like Ringo. I know my range. I've got my five notes and if I stay within there, I'm okay, but I can't like blast it. And I don't know if I'm in my throat, if I'm in my chest, if I'm in my mouth, but I understand that those concepts exist. Um, But you said you just started singing right away. When did you start singing publicly? Oh, publicly, I was probably, I was young. I had to be, I was in church. That was my first, you know, venue. Woo-hoo. Southern as it goes. There you go. Um, I guess I had to be around six or seven, honestly. It was like a kid's group and they all made us do a song, but then I got solo. So I was like, yeah. So just kind of building the confidence right away at a young age, huh? I don't, I don't really know where the confidence came from, honestly, because there's a lot of just um, hardships in my past that I had to overcome. So I think a lot of it was just like, I don't care. Like I'm done caring with like (laughs) what you really think about this. So here we go. Did you hit that trajectory pretty young of this not caring? Because most people struggle with, I care deeply about what people think about me. I think it is one of those things we battle for our entire life. I don't think it's something that we kind of just step into and overcome. I think it's one of those things that like, it comes and goes, we're human beings. We all have our trials. Um, And for people, I think with great confidence comes great despair and great loss and lots of um, loves. So (laughs) lots of moments without that confidence. And I think that's what can be that building block for that confidence. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Yeah. Did you do you find it daunting? Are you perfectly comfortable now singing publicly? Sometimes it depends on the gig. Yeah, it really does. So I do. Um, I really enjoy full band gigs because the weight's not just all on you. But 100%. I do a lot. Of, yes, yes. A lot of the you know the hundred percent gigs where I'm doing um, solo gigs at a lot of Mexican restaurants and other little venues that pay the bills. Yeah. Um, I, I get nervous, you know, cause it's just me and my guitar and I'm not that great of a guitar player, you know, like I can stroll along and accompany myself, but mm-hmm. I'm more of a songwriter and a front man. So when it comes to just doing my solo stuff, I'm like, okay, I can pay the bills this month. <laughs> like, okay. So this leads me to another question. And this is something that I've, I've, I think me and many other people probably feel if I'm playing like 
at an open mic or something and I've got the guitar in front of me to me that's this nice shield between me and the audience it's like this protective thing that I feel whereas if you just gave me a microphone and I'm just that makes it feel more raw do you get that sensation or are you less comfortable with the guitar it is awkward sometimes I it, and it's a it's a hard call honestly because there's some moments where I feel more comfortable with the guitar and then there's other moments where I'm a front man and I'm like just let's rock out you know yeah. like let's I'm put on the speaker, jamming out with my hands in the air. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where it depends on how well prepared the music is. Okay. I think a lot of that has to come with how many times you've done it, how many moments you've had uh, of success with a certain song. Um, you can feel really the band that night too. Yeah, absolutely. The band's just tight and flowing. Like you're, you get a couple songs in, and you're like, "Ooh, we are steamrolling here. People are going to be up and moving with us, so we're going to bring it." Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's been the hardest thing. Uh, sorry, side note, quarantine. But through all of this, doing all these live streams and stuff like that, we've we've had such a hard time performing to just seeing comments scroll. You know. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's just weird not having an audience. And, but when you get back out, I've done a couple of shows where we're back out in front of people and you're just like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, it's amazing what that energy people. can be. Yeah. It's a, it's a life changing thing. Our energy really affects each other. Um, it's important to have community. Has the, um, has the quarantine and the, do you feel like that's something that's a bigger part of your life than you may have realized before this whole thing happened is that I, I feed off of this and other aspects of my life are now affected because I'm not going out and getting my battery recharged doing these shows. Yeah, absolutely. In a positive and a negative way though, because, mm. um, I don't know how serious we want to get, but I'm okay with being transparent about my life. I, uh, I have bipolar one. So I was not stable in the beginning of quarantine. I was trying out new medications and things like that. And you can okay. edit if you want to. For no, this no, that's fine. Um, I, I definitely dealt with some instability. So being alone in the house with uh, my boyfriend at the time led me to this new ground of hope. Um, so I was writing. I was doing a lot of yoga, doing a lot of home exercise, stuff like that, just to get me back on my feet. And um I didn't realize until I got back stable after a couple of weeks or so that I, I needed community, you know, like that mm -hmm. really was a saving grace because you might be having a bad day, but then you go hang out with friends and your, your mood has changed. Like just because they understand your pain or they might not understand your pain, but they feel your vibe and they're like, Hey, let's have a good time. You know? Yeah. So it really does make a difference. Um, but I, I definitely think there's a key element to being alone a little bit because that's when the practice, that's when those songs, that's when all the beauty happens because you're, you're taking a step back from the bustle, you know? So yeah. it's really important to have that time. And I think uh, if, if we really look deep, I think a lot of people might realize that, hey, we, we kind of need some downtime every once yeah. in a while, maybe not as long <laughs> as quarantine. Yeah. But definitely take some time, you know, reflect, look inward. And I think that's a big thing that, that really can change um, a perspective, change a life. It's been a kind of a theme of a lot of people that I've talked to throughout this of, 
I find it really encouraging the optimism that I hear of people taking this and trying to make it into a positive because the one thing that we all share is that we're all in it and we are all completely uncertain of what the future holds. Like nobody knows how long this is going to continue to go on. And um, I just think that that makes it a very unique situation. I'm wondering from like an artist standpoint and what you've said, you've now had this time to be able to, spend on your own and do some practicing and maybe some creativity has come out of you. Have you written anything that has developed because of this? Absolutely. Yeah. I plan on playing one of them for you guys today. Lovely. First, it started as a quarantine song. It was like, I'm telling you all these things so that, you know, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm washing my hands and staying at home. <laughs> so it started as one of those like, okay, I got to write a song about this because this is trash. Yeah. Um, but then it became uh, another song that was more uplifting and happy. So it, it brought a little bit of hope for the people who might still be struggling. Because I know a lot of people, uh, mental health is a big thing for me. So yeah. a lot of people started dealing with a lot more depression, anxiety, um, all kinds of situations like that. So I wanted to bring a song forward that gave a little bit more hope from the chaos and from the downsides. That's um, really good. I mean, that's a nice thing to at least try and tackle right because that's setting out yeah. for this goal of that it'd be easy to just write about what I'm going through and what everyone's going through in a negative light but if I try and shine a positive light on it then maybe I can have a bigger effect so good for you for trying to do that yeah thank you I appreciate it <laughs> it's a um I, I want to pivot now into this this thing that we kind of you touched on through email with me this uh concert that you went to as a early teenager it sounds like <laughs> Um, dive into that a little bit for us and, and how did that really impact you? Okay, so I, um, I come from a very conservative Christian family. Um, nothing against Christians and nothing against conservatives. <laughs> I, I, um, I've always kind of been a black sheep. My hair actually is purple right now. My family is like, why'd you do that? A lovely like, purple. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yes, yeah, it's banging. But I had a lot of a lot of black sheep moments with my family. So I had a bunch of friends that wanted to go see Fallout Boy. And my mom was like, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But the real reason I wanted to go was to see from first to last. And if you're familiar with either of these bands you kind of know the crowd you kind of know their performance and what to expect mm -hmm. my mom was blown away they're just like shooting out f-bombs and gd this and all this <laughs> stuff and i'm like yeah but they were like oh my gosh <laughs> like and i i got into the crowd the crotch out of my pants got ripped she's like we're going home <laughs> like them it was the best experience. It was definitely, uh, you know, one of those moments I can't forget because every single band that I saw that night had a raw energy of community, but also of individuality that made it like impossible to look away, impossible not to keep jamming out. Um, and that kind of energy, it was like Gwinnett Center Arena. I think that's what it's still called today. It's in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, so it was packed, you know, like, three floors packed. 
Um, so what was it? Was it the songs? Was it the energy of the crowd? Was it, I mean, I'm guessing that it was kind of a total of everything because at the age that you were at, it was just like, everything's new. This is just madness. But <laughs> hone in on like a couple of things that really like you were thinking about that night as you were trying to fall asleep and you were still buzzing. Oh man, I was about 13 and I was like, I'm going to sell that place out one day, you know, like you got in that <laughs> mindset. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those things like, I want to, I want to do something like this, you know? Um, and it, it was also another moment of, um, a reality check. Like this is, this is their life, you know, like this is what they get to do every mm -hmm. night, every so many nights out of the week, you know, and all these people, on the other side, as the fans, this is their life. They pursue this music. Um, they follow these people around from town to town. Some of them do, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, this is, this is a whole new lifestyle for me. So I was like, wow, life does exist outside of this. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, as a very, uh, as a conservative Christian growing up, a lot of things kind of, um, you kind of have a closed mind no matter how you grow up, I think, mm -hmm. and to get those experiences of, of genuine life. And this just, it was a breath of life. So I'm curious to like musically where you went from before that to after that. So is that kind of a pivot from I'm doing church stuff with that's more like family relatable. And now I'm entering my rebellious teen years and I'm going to start playing songs that they might not. I'm trying to form this band that's going to play as loud as possible in the garage, that kind of thing. <laughs> absolutely i started dabbling with like screamo and stuff like that which <laughs> if you don't do correctly can really destroy your voice but thank god there's people like melissa cross out there who who help train people how to scream properly she actually was um the slipknot guy i can't remember his name right now but the lead singer slipknot lost his voice completely melissa cross helped him like rebuild everything so Props to her. I teach a lot of my students some of her techniques because it's one of those things like you, if you're not breathing right, if you're not projecting correctly and using your resonators, you're going to destroy your voice and before you even have a chance to perform. So. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And yes, you can destroy your voice if you don't do it oh. right. So <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so fortunate. Everyone's so fortunate that you didn't. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I did have some moments in college where my voice, um, I wasn't using it properly. I wasn't taking care of myself properly at the time and I lost some range, but it, it you know, it's one of those things like if you work really hard and you do right technique, you can kind of fix some of those things. I still don't have my whistle tones anymore. I trained classically for five years of college. So I oh, sang, wow. I sang opera. I went to France, um, post-graduation and did a lot of really hard work with people who are auditioning for the Met. And I was like, this is not my cup of tea, mate. Wow. So I'm out. Um, but I really had a lot of fun experiences and some beautiful, beautiful voices that I will never amount to kind of things. So it was just another one of those eye-opening, like, wow, beauty and all. But I want to go do hard rock. <laughs> gotcha. So this is so curious to me because I had no idea about this opera setting. So... Yeah. You go and train classically in university for five years and you kind of go down this path that you realize you didn't like, but is yeah. there an opera song that you can remember that you sang? Do you know the name of any? 
<laughs> I teach a lot of my students some opera stuff. I do not like singing operatically. I think I sound terrible. Um, but there are some links still on YouTube to find me. Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast right after this. This is great because you've kind of transitioned into this next setting for me because not only are you a performer, a writer, um, and you've been doing this for so long, now you've also gotten into teaching. I don't know how long you've been doing it, but this is something that's really interesting to me. Um, and I'm just kind of wondering, how does that benefit you as a performer and songwriter? Oh, man. I mean, it, it kicks my ass, honestly. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it makes me have to work harder because I have some punk kids. Um, they're in a band and they're super like hitting the spot right now. Uh, Billy, Billy Bates and the Ma- Made Man. Um, I think that's their name. I'm going to be really sad if I got their name in. <laughs> But you should check them out too. They're some of my students uh, and they work their butts off. So I'm challenged constantly to keep practicing, keep doing things. And I'm like, I can't let these kids get better than me, man. Like that's not going to happen. So it makes me have to really dig in. And there's some other, there's some other female vocalists who are, who are just so talented. They're so young. Like I have a seven-year-old who's singing Sia perfectly. And I'm like, hey, you need to stop belting all those high notes and use your mixed voice or you're going to destroy yourself. And she's like, okay, I'll learn how. And she's already learning how. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to beat this? This is something that I was curious about. This is literally my next question is as a teacher, and especially in small town Georgia, has there ever been a student, you kind of answered this already, but has there ever been another student that's come in and just floored you where you're just like, what is going on here? You're a phenom. Absolutely. This girl was Ariel in her middle school play. And I was like, you sound just like the recording. I was like, could hire you like when you're 18 or younger, you know, like, cause they work with children and kids, but she, uh, man, there's some talent around here. We've got some phenomenal musicians. Um, some of them students, you know, some of them just guys who are willing to like keep teaching and keep playing for the fun of it. And that's the beauty of Carrollton to me. Um, I don't plan on staying forever, but I know it's a forever home to a lot of people Yeah, for many reasons. And, you know, it'll always have a piece of my heart. So music is obviously just a, it's, it's, it, uh, it's your world. You're just constantly, your work is that you, you go and teach it, you perform it, you practice it on your own time. It is everything. And this is a great question that my girlfriend gave me. And because I hadn't thought of it this way, but she thought of it because she doesn't do anything musically. And I'm just kind of wondering, how does it affect your everyday life? Such as, do you hear sounds when you're out and about and they might lead to new songs or the missing piece to a song that has been written? Just like you hear a bird or something like that. Like, is it, is it just constantly turned on where you're just the rhythm of, a traffic jam, things like that, where I'm just like, did, yeah. does that happen? I, I, I wish, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was like some kind of musical all the time, but no, I, I come from quietness. Like there's a place of, of quiet that 
comes the song idea. After a busy day, after, you know, maybe a couple drinks, some things come to my mind. Sometimes I'm completely sober. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. this is hitting me in the face or in the middle <laughs> of the night, like just when it's quiet. But dude, if I could have like that ear of a composer to create things out of thin air from the just the environment, oh, I would I would already I would make a lot more money than I do right now. I'm so impressed. I think that's kind of where this question stemmed from, because there are so many things that if you really start looking for it, you can find rhythm in almost anything. Just when I know when I walk, a lot of times I'm walking like one, two, one, yeah. three, four. And it just like happens. And I don't even really, it's really subconscious. And I'm like, why are you counting like that? That's so weird. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there, there are moments where there's, there are things and there's beauty in everything. There's music in everything. Yeah. What else do you play instrument wise? Does it stop there? Did your mom teach you any trumpet? Oh, I tried marching, uh, not trumpet, but baritone bass. My senior year of high school, it was the first time I had ever played brass. It was the first time I had ever marched. It was a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) I learned maybe like four notes and faked the rest of it. It like brass is completely different than singing. So the air, the way you breathe, the way you hold the air in your throat is is almost painful as a singer. I'm like, this isn't right. Yeah. But it, it was it was an experience, you know. Like I learned how to play a little bit. My sister was really good at French horn. I started on uh, piano when I was really young. Uh, I play a little bit of guitar. Every once in a while, I learn something on ukulele or mandolin. I can kind of keep a beat on drums. Um, but yeah, I can kind of play bass. I can play creep on bass. Radiohead. Yeah. Nice. Super yeah, you've simple. got, I mean, you've got your studio in there. So if you've got some loop pedals sitting around, you could probably do the whole band thing if you needed to. Yeah. If I wanted to delve into it, I can practice a little bit, you know, it could, it could be something. It's um, fun. Yeah. It's, it's funny how much I, I do rely on other people, but how much I could do myself, you know? Yeah. But you're, those- you're, the instrument that you focus on the most is, is the voice, right? All the pipes, right? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're going to jump into these big three questions and hopefully you've thought a little bit about them. Okay. Let's do um, it. So obviously number one, if you had to listen to one band the rest of your life, which one would that be? This was really hard when I Good. first read the question to answer, but I'm going with Led Zeppelin live albums. All their live albums. Why specifically live? Cause they're so raw. Like there's so much that's not recorded, but it's so um, unfamiliar, but familiar at the same time. You've got, you've got Jimmy Page holding it down as a one man who sounds like five guitars yeah. live. Like how? <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy. And the, one of the best things about them too, is that especially in like those mid seventies tours, you know, they'll, they'll rock out, but then they'll pull it back and do like um, going to California and just really play something nice and soft like that too. And you just are like, this is the same band. Yeah, exactly. Like rain song is probably the most beautiful piece that they have written to me. It's, it's almost it's, like a classical composition, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm like, how? How are you so talented? How are <laughs> people so talented? It's just, it blows my mind. I'm like, how has this not happened again? Like, where's our Led Zeppelin? It's so I'm true. Making- what's what's going on with that production of music between like 67 to 77, 78? Like, where, why can't we just get this funnel in this vortex again? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, there, maybe it is going on, but now it's just so vast. Um, I- and it's just hard to like get it really succinct like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but a really good answer. I, I can, that would, that would get on my list, my short list for sure. So I really like that. Um, hopefully you haven't already answered this, but what is one song that you wish you would have written? Ooh, probably anything Bob Dylan. Cause everyone covers it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's kind of that's kind of selfish i guess i could write a more um some, something along the lines of that would mean i was going out for royalties and songwriting credit but i guess if i had to write a song let's stick with uh, dylan and let's dive into which dylan are we talking about new early 60s new york city dylan where he's doing like kind of the protest anthems and stuff like that are we talking to more like I've started to take some uppers and downers and I've been on tour for England too long. And now I've written sad eyed lady of the lowlands. Or is it like the seventies blood on the tracks, Dylan, where are we here? Okay. So when I think of Dylan, I know that this is kind of cliche, but I think of like to make you feel my love. You know, the first time I heard that song was with, was Adele's version. And then I kind of reverse engineered it and found out that it was a Dylan song. And I was like, of course, this is a Dylan song. Absolutely. That's what happened to me, man. I was <laughs> like, there's something here. Like this song is too good to be new pop. And then I went back. Not that new pop is all. Can't take anything it. away from Adele. She's a hell of a songwriter. Yeah. Adele is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it was one of those, like, did she really write this kind of moments? Like this is epic. Yeah. So I went back and it was, of course, Bob Dylan. And then I'm like, oh gosh, that's when it started. And I was like, (laughs) here's, here's Dylan. We can, we can sing like Dylan all day. Yeah. That's great. Good. All right. Number three, you haven't heard or seen this question yet. Um, but I kind of thought because of the, um, the moment that you gave me with this concert, it might be somewhat something that you have thought about. And you kind of touched on it a little bit. And my thought was to ask you, what is your dream venue to perform in? Ooh, maybe Red Rocks out in uh, Colorado. I think that's what I've been living in Colorado for the last five years. That's a great answer. <laughs> Yeah, I would love that. I actually have never been to a concert there, only seen live recordings. And I was like, this is an outdoor venue. Like, but it has like, you know, if it starts raining or something, you're still like safe because of the way they set up the stage and things like that. Um, So I just, I was in awe. I'm a big like nature yoga kind of get out in the, in the elements kind of gal. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is beautiful. This is in. So you are going to grace us with a with a new tune, this upbeat jam that you've written. Did you write it during quarantine? Absolutely. Yeah. It started as a quarantine brand song. New. Yes. Very brand new. Yeah. It's called Bliss. It's okay. more of Bliss. I changed it from quarantine, from 
another sappy song to bliss. So it's a, it's a positive kind of vibe. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool little song. I like well, it a lot. We can't wait. You can get ready and um, we'll get it going. Becca Marie playing us bliss. All right. Hope you enjoy. So 
Awesome. I really love when someone can perform acoustically like you just did and bring in all these dynamics. (laughs) I have been practicing very hard with my band girls. We're very, very new. We don't even have a Facebook page yet. (laughs) But uh, it's, it's, you know, some of them are my students, but we have this thing called Girl Jam coming up on Saturday where a bunch of local artists uh, that are female get to perform. And I was like, you know what? nobody's done this recently around here let's start an all-girl band yeah we totally did it and uh i'm really excited you know it's going to be like a 45 minute set um of a lot of originals i'll live stream it on my my page we'll link to this in the show notes too so people will be able to find you perfect awesome yeah no, that's awesome that was a really really well-written song and just you're you're such a phenomenal singer it's so good Thank you so much. It means yeah. a lot. No, thank you for being here with us and, and going through and answering some questions about yourself and, and opening up. I think the people, I know that I do, and hopefully other people will appreciate just how open and honest you've been with us throughout this. And um, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. And if I can do it and it's not too late for me over here in Scotland, I'm going to try and tune in on Saturday. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll definitely keep you posted. Um, on uh, the other links and things like that. But if, yeah, living clear is something to do. I strive for that. Living clear is, is important to let people know what's going on. Yeah. That way you become a better person. You can make the world a better place. Not a better note to end on than that. Thank you so much, Becca Marie. You have a fantastic rest of your day and I uh, hope to talk to you again. Yeah, you too. Have a fun celebration. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Becca Marie, and as always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. 
FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 